Hello and welcome to Silence, a podcast where women get really honest about surviving and thriving in what often feels like a man's world. My guests are wonder women from the fields of science, technology, engineering and mathematics or STEM, where inclusivity and diversity can be a real problem. I know this only too well myself as a female Southeast Asian mechanical engineer. I was kind of a minority within a minority back then. I'm Dr. Shinise Omara, an engineer turned broadcaster. Throughout my career, I've worked on and reported on some cutting edge technology and innovation. And through my television work, I've met some incredibly inspiring women from a diverse range of STEM fields. Talking to these exceptional ladies has often left me feeling empowered, hopeful, and excited about life. I believe silence will enrich you too. Every week, a woman in STEM shares her unique experiences with absolutely no pressure in having to promote her accomplishments or guard her impressive reputation because I've come to realise that everyone is just way more open and relaxed when they're anonymous. So I deliberately disguise my guest voices so that we're just connecting as human beings rather than human doings. It's my hope that you really relate to what we chat about today. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even rate and review the show. I'd love to have your feedback. This week, my guest is in the field of paediatrics. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm doing okay. Just trying to, um, you know, hang in there and make the best out of every day. Yeah, I mean, I'm so aware that we don't have much time to talk because, I mean, you have an extremely demanding job. I mean, you must be rushed off your feet with COVID-19 that's going on at the moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Things have been crazy, especially at the hospital. We're seeing a lot more cases in our area um, over the past couple of weeks. And I actually just uh, finished up some time in the emergency room. So things have definitely been very interesting. So are all emergencies now COVID related? Um, not all emergencies, especially in kids and pediatrics. Luckily, um, we're not being hit quite as hard as the adult world, um, but we're definitely seeing a lot of cases and we're seeing a lot of um, what would otherwise be presentations of other normal um, pediatric uh, problems that have an underlying diagnosis of COVID. So it's actually just been interesting to see the different ways it can prevent, especially in kids. Mm. I mean, have you ever, did you ever imagine that you'd be going through a pandemic? I mean, yeah, no, I, I would not have thought in a million years that, uh, that I'd be experiencing something like this, even as things started to evolve in the early stages, I never would have guessed that this would be sort of the outcome. So it's been interesting just watching things unfold and I'm just kind of anxious about, you know, the future and when this may be over and when things can kind of get back to normal. So how did you get into this field? Like, you know, what was your motivation? Um, so I have always wanted to be a doctor, uh, specifically a baby doctor. I used to call it since I was uh, like six years old. Um, I think what uh, really motivated me um, is my was my pediatrician growing up. So I'm an African-American female and my pediatrician at the time was also an African-American female. And I had never seen anyone who looks like me um, in that type of role. And I just remember going to her and, and feeling like she was so confident and so smart. And I was able, you know, I would go in feeling one way and I left feeling better. And I remember looking at her and thinking I wanted to be 
that to to someone else, to other kids. And so um, I kind of made that decision really young and stuck with it. As I went throughout school, I intentionally put myself in situations where I could experience the medical field. I trained to be a CNA in high school um, and then continued on in college and medical school. So it's kind of been I've kind of been on this journey pretty much my entire life. Gosh, I mean, were you a really sick child? Like, was this kind of like a major sort of um, almost, I mean, traumatic maybe experience? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I personally was not sick. I didn't spend a lot of time, you know, at the doctor's office outside of well visits. But my uh, parents and specifically my father have dealt with a lot of health issues kind of throughout my life. So it was kind of by proxy that I experienced the um, the patient's role in the healthcare field. And I also mm-hmm. think that that played a big part in my decision to become a doctor and that I was able to kind of see it from both sides. And I understood the power of a, of a good physician and what that means to a person and to a family. Mm. Um, and so that definitely solidified my decision and made me have a whole different type of outlook on what it means to be a doctor. Yeah, I really understand what you mean, because my parents have actually, I've never really seen them sick. Um, and they're mm. above 70. And only wow, recently, my parents um, have, my mum especially, has become very, very sick. And I oh, totally to understand what you mean when you just, where you just appreciate good medical care. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I must say that our conversation may or may not get interrupted because of a phone call that you're expecting about your dad. Um, and yeah. what strikes me immediately in talking to you is just how calm you are to be able to be carrying on with this podcast interview when you've got that pending I mean is remaining calm a really important characteristic of your job absolutely 100% I think um, in the field of medicine there is so much happening around you um, at any given time, and everyone looks to you to be the one to make the right to de- right the decisions and um, give them the next steps. And so, I think one of the major qualities that any doctor should have is being able to remain calm mm. in the midst of chaos. And so, that's something that I think actually I've, you know, kind of had within me, but definitely. Uh, in my medical training, I've had to kind of hone and and continue to be calm under pressure. Um, And that definitely translates to my personal life. Even when things are very crazy and inside I'm anxious, I have to, you know, be calm. I have to, you know, I'm usually the one making the decisions, especially medically when it comes to my family. So Mm -hmm. I have to separate those feelings of anxiety and stress and, you know, um, still be able to make the the appropriate decisions and things like that. Mm. So how how has it been as an African American female studying medicine? Um it's an interesting question. So definitely um there are not many of us in the fields of medicine um and I would say going throughout training, I was very intentional in where I chose to train both in medical school and residency um, in choosing a program that had some sort of diversity or at least wanted to increase diversity um, because I feel that it's important uh, that the patients that we're treating have physicians that look like them um, to help give them a sense of, of comfort. And, um, you know, we're coming from 
similar backgrounds, they feel like they are better understood. And, and many studies show that there are better outcomes, especially for minority or underrepresented populations when they're treated by um, someone of a similar background. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was very intentional in making those decisions. But even with that intention, it only goes so far in that there are just not very many of us. Um, mm-hmm. I would say there are more uh, African-American females in medicine than African-American males. And that's something, at least in my program, that we're also intentionally trying to increase. With that being said, I think um, just going throughout my life in general, but especially in medicine, I've always kind of felt like I had to work, you know, twice as hard as everybody else because I'm representing not only myself, but African-American females in general. Um, And sometimes I do understand and know, even without it being said, that people may look at me or the people who look like me and just assume that we're not as smart or just assume that we're not as as good um, or assume that we got to where we are just because of our race. And so um, that is something that causes me to work harder, study harder, um, almost in a way to prove that I um, have the merit to be where I am. Right. And the proving doesn't seem to stop. Like even with all the qualifications in the world, it feels like you have to continue to prove yourself, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think no matter what situation I'm in, no matter how high and I, I have a bachelor's degree, I have a master's in biotechnology, I have a medical degree and going through residency, no matter what, uh, you know, accomplishments I attain, I I always have that extra burden of proof and in, in needing to establish um, the fact that I am qualified to be where I am. Has it ever got you down to the point where you just think, you know what, I might just quit? Um, no, I haven't gotten to that point, mostly because uh, more than anything else, it motivates me to do better. Um, I'm a person that has always uh, tried to go above and beyond because of that. And so, for instance, like I, there are no other doctors in my family. I come from um, a poor area, inner city, Chicago. Um, and so I knew from that point, even just from coming from those circumstances that I had to work much harder than, you know, someone else who has other doctors in their families or, you know, knows or wolves or has done this before. I kind of had to figure everything else out on my own. Mm-hmm. And that has given me a sense of perseverance and the self-determination to no matter what, no matter how hard it gets, not to give up um, and to show myself, my family, and other people that it can be done. And I think um, there are times that I've encountered other, you know, African-American patients or children who, you know, look up to me and say, oh my gosh, I didn't know, you know, I've never had a Black doctor before. This is amazing. Or, you know, now I want to be a doctor. And it's moments like that that really push me and really motivate me Mm. to continue. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you're amazing. And I just, you know, what you must have had to overcome to get where you are today is just such a indicator of your strength and resilience. Where do those qualities that you have come from? Like what, 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 how, what in life has shaped you to have those characteristics? Um, so I think a lot of it has come from my parents. My parents are absolutely 100% amazing people, the the strongest people that I've ever met. Um, and although we didn't have a lot growing up, their strength and sacrifice spoke volumes. Um, and so I think growing up, seeing them work hard, they, although neither of them ever went to college, they made sure that I knew that 
I was going to college, that there was no alternative to that. When I told them I wanted to be a doctor at age six, they were like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They bought me all the stethoscopes and the doctor kits and were like, you can be anything that you want to be. And so there was never even a doubt in my mind as far as, you know, from them that that wouldn't happen. They were just like, absolutely, of course, you're going to be a doctor. Um, And so I think having that type of support behind me and the um, belief in me that I could do it helped to, to give me the skills necessary. Right. I mean, they sound absolutely amazing. Um, Yeah. How has it been? Like, have there been times where it's just got really rough and how have you overcome them? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, training is difficult. Uh, Medical school was difficult. um, And I think residency has been difficult in a whole different type of way. I think just mentally and physically, you work a lot of hours. It can often be a very thankless job. Um, Sometimes, you know, you're not treated the best. There's a lot of pressure put on you. You're dealing with uh, patients' lives and deaths that can be very difficult. Mm. There are times that it becomes a lot. And then in the midst of that, dealing with anything else outside of residency, family issues, relationship issues, um, just makes it almost unbearable sometimes. Um, But I do have a great support system, like I said, with my family, my parents, my husband um, that I can turn to. And it's really just about continuing to motivate myself to lean on people outside of residency and kind of separate myself from work at times. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps to to keep me going and then just remembering why I'm doing it and having those those little interactions that really make a big difference and really put into perspective why I'm going through this and what I'm doing it for. Yeah, I mean, the job that you do is really just such a heroic one. And every Thursday night at 8pm, we have this NHS National Health Service clap where we applaud the workers and volunteers and everyone that's in the medical field now um, for what they're doing with regards to the pandemic. And I always open my window and I, you know, I'm clapping along and giving a few whoop whoops. Um, (laughs) But do you know what? I never, ever thought about what the medical system does here until this pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess my question is what keeps you going? Because you know, we're all clapping out there. It's very easy to applaud, but like none of us clapping would dream of being so devoted to other people, essentially. Like, why are you giving your life in this way to your career? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. I I think of this as my purpose and calling in life. Um, I am a spiritual person and I think that God put this um, desire in my heart from a young age for a reason. Um, I think the interactions that I get to have with my patients, however small or large, really make the difference in it. And it, it, helps me to understand why I'm doing it. When there's a parent that, you know, comes to me and says, thank you for taking care of my child. Thank you for making them better. Or even the ones that we unfortunately haven't been able to make better, just the the sincerest gratitude that we get from parents because mm-hmm. they see that we tried and we gave all we can. I think that that is invaluable. Um, and so 
you know, especially during times like this, it is a scary position to be in. And it's one that we definitely, that, you know, definitely incurs a lot of risk and a lot of sacrifice, but I feel actually grateful to be an opportunity or to have the opportunity to serve other people in this way. Um, and so I think, you know, just understanding that it's my calling and it's my purpose and, and being able to touch so many people, especially in such a crazy time, I, I actually feel very grateful to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it really is incredible. Um, for anyone that is wanting to follow in your footsteps and do medicine, what advice would you give them now looking back on the experiences you've had? Um, so I would tell them first, uh, examine and really think hard about the reasons that they want to go into medicine. Um, unfortunately, I've come across people in my training who wanted to do it just because their parent was a doctor or because mm -hmm. they think that they'll be wealthy or that, you know, it's a respectable position, um, which okay, those may be some reasons, but it can't be the only reason because you really do sacrifice a lot um, to be in this position. Um, if someone wants to do it really for the reason of serving others and helping others in this way, I would say, yes, it's very challenging and there are a lot of sacrifices, but it's absolutely worth it. Um, there's no other job that I could personally see myself doing. And if if they are sure that's something they want to do, don't let anyone or anything deter them from doing it. It's going to be hard. There are going to be challenges and that's okay. Um, as long as um, they stay focused and, and determined, they will overcome it and they'll be better off for it. And all of that contributes to their story at the end of it. Um, and, you know, their ability to help someone else who may be going through rough time similarly, or wants to also be a doctor and is going through uh, challenges, they can share their stories. So not to let anything hold them back and 100% continue on, get through the struggles, get through the obstacles, because it will be worth it in the end. Mm. What kind of sacrifices have you made? I think the biggest sacrifice has just been um, time. <laughs> time is one of those things that you, you cannot get back. And um, especially through, even through college, um, but especially through medical school and residency, most of my life has been studying um, or working. And so there are a lot of uh, family functions that I miss out on or or um, trips with friends and things like that. And I, I um, you know, just ended my 20s. But there I feel like there are a lot of things that I, I didn't do that I would say your normal or average, uh, you know, 20 something year old does. And so mm -hmm. those are just sacrifices that I've made or even like starting a family. I have yet to do that mostly because I've just been so enthralled in my work and studies that I just haven't felt that I've had the time to give to starting a family that I would like. So there are definitely lots of sacrifices like that, that I've made that for me have been worth it, but definitely something to think about when you're thinking about going into this field. Mm. And what was it like actually doing those subjects? You must've done biology, probably chemistry, those kinds of subjects. Cause a lot of girls actually drop out when they have to take those subjects cause they think they can't do them. Mm -hmm. What kind of experiences did you have with regards to kind of high school? Yeah. So I, so 
I always loved the sciences in high school. Actually, math was my favorite subject uh, initially, but I did like advanced uh, science subjects in high school. Again, I, I did a whole separate program to train to be a certified nursing assistant in high school. In college, my major was molecular and cellular biology, which was definitely challenging. And I actually remember my freshman year of college uh, speaking with my counselor, um, and I told him I was pre-med, I went to go into medicine, I wanted my major to be molecular cellular biology. And he was like, you know, why don't you try like majoring community health because it's easier and you can still be pre-med and do that. And I remember being like, okay, I'm sure it's easier, but that's not what I want. And, and knowing that at that moment, he was doubting me and my abilities. Mm. And again, that's something that I use as motivation. So I was like, actually, I will make sure that give me all of those classes. Oh. Um, and yes, they were difficult, but I, I was able to su succeed in it mostly because I did what it took to do so. I studied all the time. I sacrificed um, and I did well, and there are definitely times that it was challenging and definitely times where people were like, why don't you just do something easier? But I think if you want something bad enough, you work hard for it. And I think it set me up, um, in terms of now in medicine, there are so many of those concepts that we still use and so many things that I look back on and more than anything else, it helps you to learn how to think and how to break a problem down. And really medicine is really just you know, problem solving at the end of the day. And so I'm glad that I went through those challenges. I'm glad that I learned how to do that. And I'm glad that I didn't let anyone stop me from, you know, learning in that way. Gosh, nothing stops you. Nothing holds you back. <laughs> Where does that come from? I want that. <laughs> you know, I've, I've really just been like this my entire life. It's just that, that grit, that will to succeed. And yeah. I, again, I really, I really, um, you know, oh, a lot of it, I think, to my parents because they they put that fire in me and they made me understand, like, you can do anything. Not because nothing should stop you because you're Black, because you're a woman, because, you know, you come from a poor community. That doesn't mean anything. You can do absolutely anything you put your mind to. Um, and that has really stuck with me. Damn, I believe you. I'm like, yeah, whatever you're saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, like, the amount of times someone said, oh, no, you can't. And I've gone really do you really think I can't maybe you're mm -hmm. right you know and it's just so heavy whereas you've yeah. got this attitude where it's like you just you just fly above all of that and you transcend it I mean it's incredible thank you like I don't thank know I, is it literally just believing in yourself <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I think that is what it comes down to having the belief. Like I have to first believe that I can do it. Um, and once I, once I claim that I won't let anyone else stop me and other people trying to do that just makes me want to show them more that no, I can actually do this. Like it's not, I'm not pretending this is not a game. Like I can do anything I put my mind to. Um, and it's, it's all about just self-determination and motivation. I've always been that. I've always been a very disciplined person, goal oriented. I come up with a plan and I stick to it. You must have flaws. Like you must have uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so how do you deal with your shortcomings? Um, it's interesting. So definitely, I have flaws, and I will say there are times that I do doubt myself. There are times that I'm like, you know, can I do this? Am I good enough to do it? Absolutely, I would not say that I don't have those thoughts. Um, the way that I overcome it though is really by working even harder. So there, there are times that I'm like, um 
man, am I going to be able to pass a subject? Like, for instance, biochemistry in college, that was a subject that was really challenging for me. And I remember having this moment of like, oh, my gosh, what if I don't, you know, I'm used to doing well. What if I don't do well? And so from I think after the first two classes, I got a tutor. Um, I studied every single night with them. Uh, I found someone else who this is actually funny. Someone else is now my current husband who had um <laughs> <laughs> who aced the course previously studied with him every single day like Aww. for me it's just about yeah not that we fell in love over biochemistry I say we had <laughs> chemistry from the beginning but, yeah. <laughs> but for me I'm a very goal-oriented person so whenever there is an obstacle or a challenge my natural instinct is to come up with a plan to get past it or to fix it so there are definitely times that I have um you know, challenges are things that are difficult for me, but I'm, I just am not a person that wallows in that. The way that I recover my defense mechanism is by coming up with a plan. Um, and so that is what literally what I've used, like, oh, this is challenging. How can I fix this? What is the plan? Okay, let me follow this plan. And then that has led me to the, to the next place. Yeah. And I must say, in reading between the lines, it really does sound like you only have people in your life that lift you up. Yes, a hundred percent. I think a conscious decision. Yeah, I think so. So, so for me, in doing what I've been doing in the course that I've been on again my entire life, again I haven't had a whole lot of time to commit to you know lots and lots of friends and lots and lots of functions. So I've had to be intentional about the people that I have in my life, um, and it's been. I've been quicker to, you know, get rid of people that aren't helping to move me forward and motivate me because it's like, I only have so much time to give anyway. So I have to make sure that I'm, you know, intentional with that time and only giving that time to people that are like-minded. Um, and so, and then again, it just really comes back down to my parents. Like they've always taught me, yeah. like, you are also a reflection of your friends, the people that you keep around you. So you want to make sure that, you know, your company and the people that, you know, you spend your time with are a reflection of who you are and where you want to be. Um, and so I've been intentional with having people that are only uplifting, motivating, who are also goal oriented, who are also trying to, you know, get to um, a new level of, you know, success or passion or things like that. And I think that that has also helped because there are times that I've needed to lean on them or I have had doubts and they're like, what do you mean? Like, you absolutely can do this. Um, same goes for my husband or even my siblings. My younger brother is currently a lawyer. Um, and he's the first lawyer in our family. And we are very similar in that we both have worked hard, have overcome odds. He was like diagnosed with ADHD when he was younger and told that he would never be able to do these things. And to look where he is now, like it's just been amazing to see. And it just speaks to like our journey together, our family structure and how it really is mind over matter. Yeah, gosh. I mean, I'm so excited for your future. And I'm so, I'm like so proud of you. I don't know like <laughs> why I don't know you, but like, I'm just like, you really are such an amazing role model and kind of inspiring figure for, you know, someone that just wants to achieve and contribute to the world. It's, it's incredible. Um, on that note, like, what are your plans for the future? 
Um, so I'm actually going into primary care. This is my last year of uh, my residency training. And then I start, um, you know, my career. And so I'm going into primary care, which I am absolutely excited about. Um, in primary care, I get to form relationships with patients that I get to see from birth until, you know, they're 18, 19 years old. Um, and I really love just forming that bond with them, becoming a part of the family, being able to be, you know, affect their lives, um, essentially throughout their lives. So I'm very excited. Um, the other thing is I, um, in the midst of my training, I've developed a, a passion for sleep health and sleep medicine. So I'm currently working on my certification in clinical sleep health um, to help people of all ages. So from babies, sleep training, and even adults um, lead healthier lives in terms of sleep, because I feel that that has a profound effect on every facet of health. And um, I think it's a public health issue at this point. And so I want to try to, um, you know, help in any way that I can to to affect people's health by, by changing and improving their sleep. It doesn't sound like you get to have much sleep with everything you've got planned. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, that's absolutely true. And part of the reason that I uh, got into sleep a little bit more, I, I am actually someone who has always needed a lot of sleep. Um, and as you're alluding to in training, that's just really not that possible. And I've seen the effect that it's taken on me mentally and physically and like um, in terms of my mood and interactions. And so that's another thing that I've been very intentional about even throughout residency where my, my, um, my shifts are constantly changing and my sleep schedule is constantly changing. I'm very intentional about getting an adequate amount of sleep as much as I can. Um, and then that just spilled over into me helping others and helping my, you know, co-residents, the other doctors that I work with and things like that get sleep. And I've just seen how beneficial it is when, when someone is able to work on a change of sleep schedule and how detrimental it is when someone is consistently not getting sleep. Um, so that is part of what has sparked my passion to help other people who are struggling in the same way to help, you know, them be healthier and, and happier and just live more well-rounded lives. Mm. You just sound so focused on the things that you want. And I wonder, <laughs> how do you fit in other aspects of being female? Like, you know, being a wife, um, maybe being a mother one day, like, do you plan for that? Or are you just going with your gut of when it's the right time? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm definitely planning for it, me being the, the planner that I am. Um, in terms of being a wife, uh, luckily, my, my husband and I, we've been together for nine years. Again, we met in college, um, and he is a clinical pharmacist. So we have been on very similar paths throughout our relationship. So that has made it a lot easier in that he understands what I'm going through. It's very similar situations. Um, and so the sacrifice doesn't seem as significant because we're going through it in parallel and he's very understanding. Um, absolutely being with him outside of work is, is one of the, you know, best parts of my day. I really, um, 
appreciate my husband. I love being a wife. And so I think that's super important to who I am and me being a well-rounded person. And, and honestly, very much just as important as my career um, in medicine is my relationship with my husband and, you know, um, our family. In terms of starting a family, again, it's something that I have delayed uh, throughout my, my training, but I am planning probably within the next couple years, um, once my schedule normalizes a little bit, to start um, having kids. And I'm really excited for that part of my journey in life. I think that um, I will have a lot to give as a mother and I'd be so excited to have, you know, a little me or a, a little version of my husband running around. So I, absolutely, I plan to have that as a part of my life. Is that a conventional choice or are you having to make a sacrifice of your career to do that? Um, I think, so I think it is more conventional in the timing of it for me. So in an ideal world, so prior to me understanding really how long training would be when I was younger, I would say, oh, I'm going to have my first kid, you know, in my mid twenties and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that absolutely hasn't happened. I think trying to have a child during training while people absolutely do it. And I think they are incredible people. That is very difficult. Um, I think waiting until things kind of normalize a little bit. So having, you know, your actual um, career after training with a more uh, normal and stable schedule um, is something that has been more feasible for a lot of people and has been, um, you know, able to be worked around a little bit more easily. I do think obviously there'll be some sacrifices with it. So you're still missing a significant amount of clinical time and patient care. Um, so definitely some sacrifice, but I think uh, easier than trying to do it in training. Mm. Yeah. You sound so driven and you've got such um, ambitious plans for your career. And I think I went off in my head just thinking it's so difficult for women to try and fit in everything. You know, like we just we've just got so much on our plates. And I was thinking about your husband that, you know, won't have to take nine months out and then probably 18 years, you know, um, (laughs) even though he sounds like a very devoted, loyal and committed husband. Like, you know, it's just I don't know. It's it's you. I think out of all the women I've listened to, you would handle it so well. But I still don't think that what we're having to handle is easy. Absolutely not. A hundred percent. I think it is very difficult, especially um, as a working woman whose career focused, but also wanting to have a family. I think that that balance is really, really difficult. And I think that no matter what, there is some sacrifice that has to be made um, in and I think it's kind of this unspoken thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like people just expect you to, you know, make that sacrifice while at the same time being able to do everything. And I think it's just, it is difficult to do. Um, I think it's also about making that decision. So up until now, pretty much my entire life has been like devoted and focused on becoming a doctor. Um, and I've attained that Um you know, I've attained that goal and I've made those accomplishments and I'm so happy and so proud of myself and there's nothing else I would rather be doing. However, I am making this kind of shift on um, deciding what what else is important, right? Like what else mm. fulfills me and makes me feel whole and gives me that happiness and that joy. And it definitely is my family. Um, 
my, you know, currently my parents and my siblings and my husband, but also building my own family. And so I think it's making that conscious decision to to have more of a balance and to start to put some effort into those other parts of life that um, I know I want in terms of, of making me fulfilled and whole. And so absolutely it will be, you know, some sacrifice to my career, but I think that it's important for me as a woman, for me as a person to put effort into all that, um, that I want out of life. Yeah. Uh, you conversation with you has really been extremely moving um, because I just feel like you're so selfless yet you're also so focused on manifesting your higher self or your truest purpose and it you make it sound so straightforward and simple (laughs) and I'm sure there must have been loads of hardships along the way but my gosh like I don't know you're utterly inspiring and so I thank you so much for coming on the show and kind of sharing your wisdom with us thank you no thank you so much that means a lot um and thank you for having me I absolutely feel it feels good to be able to tell my story and like you said definitely there were hardships but if there's anybody who can hear this and feel that they can do it um even if it seems um unrealistic right now or how could somebody like me or I haven't seen anyone else do it if they can listen to me and say you know there may not be this clear-cut path for me but I can make the decision and I can make it happen for myself then a hundred percent a hundred thousand percent it's worth it um because everyone else every single person has the will within them to do it too I'm no I'm no one special (laughs) you know I just made a plan made a decision and decided that I was not going to let anything hold me back um and I hope that you know many other women um will do the same thank you uh i would absolutely disagree with my guest i think my guest this week has been utterly unique utterly special and just a total gem um of a person to listen to wow i have to say i'm pretty gobsmacked um with someone that is juggling so much particularly during this pandemic Um, who has taken the time out to share her wisdom with us. It's just been such a treat. And, you know, one thing I've taken away from what we spoke about is it's so important to find your true self and know what your purpose is, because once you know that, everything else seems to fall into place. Not that you won't have hardships, but you'll have a true goal. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review the show and catch you next week on Silence.